Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today, we've got a crazy revenge story that's been cooking for 10 years. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, stepmother Anne Marie. My story, you could say, is in form of some miraculous event of some sorts. I personally can say that I've never been much of a religious person, but after the events that happened and transpired right before my accident, I most definitely have a change of mind towards religion now. Hi, my name is June, and this is my own personal story of how I managed to escape death just slightly. Found out that the reason for my near-death experience was none other than the woman that tried to replace my mom and my dad's life, and of course, how I most definitely got back at her. Not in the most heinous way, obviously, but I most certainly did get back at them and claim what was rightfully mine. I come from a family you would call overly wealthy. We weren't your average rich family. Technically, it is generational wealth kind of thing. But all in all, it's still the wealth of the family, and through wise and very calculated investments on mostly real estate, that generational wealth that has always been passed down from generation to generation, for as far back as five generations behind, when it almost tripled in amount. And I think that I should put this out there, that all this wealth and the tripling of said wealth was mainly done by my very own father, the patriarch of our very extended family, and myself being the first and only daughter of my father and my mother became the next heir to succeed my father. And this was to be done when I'd completed and acquired all the necessary educational degrees, needed as a prerequisite for each succeeding head of the family. Following this, I was still in college at the time, and I was just getting in the groove of my young teenage life and all. I personally requested my dad to take me to the most average school he could find, and I also requested that he hid his and my identity, mostly from the teachers and the students, as I wanted to have as normal a childhood and teenage life I could possibly have at this time. And true to his word, my dad took me to one of the schools in not the most remote of areas, but also not the most developed of areas the perfect place I wanted. It was here I had started to experience the true meaning of having what my family had, and I truly knew how to cherish what we had greatly before I lost it. The journey from my school right down to our estate was quite a journey, and obviously my dad suggested he bought a car for me. Knowing my father, he was most definitely going to purchase one of the most expensive cars he knew at the time, as he would always want to show off his cars. Seeing as they all belonged to him, whether it's being used by himself or his family. I immediately turned down his offer for this, as this was the last thing I needed at the time, which was my father buying a car that would make me stand out too much. I requested he get me one of the older models of his favorite car at the time, and a secondhand model at that. I felt this would suit me much better. Note that my dad was a huge Mercedes enthusiast, he did this in less than a week, and the following week I'd started school, none the wiser about who I was, where I came from and all that. This was it. This was what I wanted, to live as normal a life as possible. It was only a few months after I'd started high school that a very unfortunate tragedy struck our home. My beloved mother passed away in her sleep all of a sudden one very day, 
and on this day, I was supposed to stay back at home, mainly because there was really no serious school activity going on that day for one, and also my classmates organized some kind of outing for everyone in the class. But somehow, news about said party soon spread like wildfire around the entire school, and soon enough, the majority of the students that attended the school, ranging from the seniors down to the juniors, wanted to attend and myself alongside my best friend Natalie and the third girl in our group, Haley, were put in charge of the general organization of the entire party. And we were basically charged with finding and setting up the entire location alongside hosting it. It really was hard work, but it all seemed worthless that very day, as my mother had initially asked me to stay behind, as she missed me a lot, seeing as I was really busy with school and all, and I was really at home most of the weekdays. I lied to her that very day saying that we seriously had something important to do in school that very day and that I would most definitely not be able to afford to stay behind that day. Obviously she let me go but little did I know that this would be the very last time I would ever hear my mother's voice or see her. I got the news immediately, I got to the location we'd picked for the party. As I was about leaving my car along with the drinks and decorations for the location I got a call from my dad trying his hardest to keep calm while breaking the sad news to me. I broke down in the car. I don't think I've ever cried that hard in my entire life. I immediately left the location as I began driving like a crazed bat from heck. I got home immediately but the journey from the gate of the estate up to the house at this point began seeming to me like a thousand mile journey as I was not ready to face the fact that my beloved mother was no more. When I got in the house, I saw my father alongside other family members, all tearing up, but the moment I walked through the front door, they all stopped and began staring at me as I began to walk straight to her room. My father hurried to block the door to her room as he tried to stop me from entering the room. I can remember that very day clearly as it's still fresh in my memory, everything I think about my mother. I remember crying so hard that my dad had to give me the tightest hug I'd ever received as he tried to console me all while keeping his tears in. He soon accompanied me into the room, and there she was. My dear mother, laying lifeless on the bed with the blanket she was in, covering her from head to toe. I remember breaking down and crying my eyes out, as this was one of the moments of my life I would never forget. The loss of my dear mother. Eventually, I cried myself to sleep, as my dad was with me the entire time I was in the room, and when I'd finally fallen asleep, He gently took me out of the room and into my room, and he was there with me the entire time. I woke up the next morning with a severe banging headache and to almost a thousand messages from my best friends. All the messages were mostly about them asking where I was with the drink and decorations, as that was my area to cover in the party. I wasn't even interested in responding to any messages that morning, as I left my phone with my maid and hurriedly went to look for my father. I found him in his study. Apparently, he hadn't even had an ounce of sleep or rest since yesterday, and his eyes were most definitely swollen from all the crying. I could tell. I gently moved towards him as I tried to hug him, and there it was. My dad broke down in serious tears. As I hugged him, a question came to my mind. I began to ponder as I asked God why it had to be my mother. This question was what led me to question greatly the existence of the Almighty Being Himself. A few days after the passing of my mother, my father finally got the autopsy report of my mother. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. And he found out that she truly passed away due to natural causes. It was a very long, sad, and lonely few months ahead of us, as the house was never the same again. I still resumed back to school, as I'd already planned my apologies to every single person I'd disappointed that day. It was really something I'd not planned to do, as I was initially planning on using the My Mother Died card to get out of explaining myself to every single person, but I felt like there was truly no need for me to do that. I just told them that I had a very serious family emergency that I had to attend to that very day, and I could not make use of my phone all the while I was away. Surely there were some people that didn't forgive me straight away, but I just felt like I had to make it up to them as we moved on. But my best friends, on the other hand, were the only ones that truly knew what happened, and they were really sympathetic with me, and even offered to come over to my house and pay their respects to my family, and mostly my dad. In this situation, I just remembered I was still hiding who I was from them, and then I decided that this was kind of the perfect time for me to tell them, and so I informed them of who I truly was, and of my family background. They looked at me initially with disbelief in their eyes, but soon after they just decided to believe it when they saw it. To cut the long story short, they got our family estate, and they were simply mind blown, as they could not believe what it was they were seeing at the time. I explained to them why I did what I did and why I've kept who I am from them all this time, and they had no problem with that at all. Basically, the remainder of my high school life was spent with my dad taking full care of me alone. As a single dad, seeing his money was most definitely not our problem, getting into the college of my choice was no difficult thing for my dad, and using his connections, I got into the college of my choice. Right next to the experience of the passing of my dear mother, 
the next painful moment I'd experienced in my life was when I had to leave my dad for college. I remember tearing up just as much as I did the very day I saw my mother on the bed with the blanket over her head. I cried like a little baby the day I was supposed to leave for college, as this was very painful for me, seeing as this was the very first time I was going to be doing so without my father for the very first time in my life. I just felt like I couldn't leave him alone, seeing as I was the one that had the responsibility of taking real care of my father following the passing of my mom, but he assured me fully that he was going to be fine and that he should hurry up and complete the acquisition of all relevant educational degrees I needed so that I can succeed him and he can retire in peace, knowing that the family would have its first matriarch for the first time, and he believed that I would do a very excellent job at that. I left home as planned for college that evening, as I spent the entire day with my dad to try and cherish him, seeing as I wouldn't be seeing him for quite a while. My flight was for 8pm that evening, and I got to the airport, escorted by my father obviously, by 7.30pm, seeing as we were using the family's private plane and all. Got to college finally, and a new chapter of my life was finally starting. Settling in and making some new friends was no easy feat. But alas, it's all part of the socialization process and all. I constantly checked up on my dad every single evening when I got back from my classes for the day, and we would speak for mostly an hour before he would turn in for the night. We were finally getting our lives on track and all. Now, here's where things started to get interesting. Following a few months, close to a year after I'd gotten into college, my father finally found someone he felt really comfortable with, and they got really close really fast. When he told me, I was initially against this, as I had my thoughts about the said woman in question that he brought to the house, as I felt she would not be able to take full care of my father and give him the attention he needs, as my initial thoughts were that she was only trying to get closer to my father, mainly because of his money and all, I decided to check her out for myself, as I would not want someone that I was not comfortable with to be with my father. When I got home, I found out that she was way younger than him, and I did not like this one bit. But I still went with the flow. She went by Anne Marie, by the way, and she was 35, while my dad was in his late 60s. Things were fine between the both of them, and I found no fault in her, right up until I found out that she was heading out on the weekends. And she would inform no one as to where she was going and all, but I suspected that something fishy was going on, as I found her movements really funny. So I decided to follow her one day, and I found out after following her for a while that she was meeting up with another guy secretly behind my father's back and all. I got mad and began recording. This was the only piece of evidence that I could get against her. However, when I was about leaving, she caught sight of me and began to give chase. As I entered my car, I drove off immediately with home as my final destination, as I'd planned to submit what I'd just recorded to my dad. While she was giving chase, she swerved very violently and took my car off the road. As my car was tumbling along the side of the road, my mind just went blank. And this is where my memory served me right, because at this time, I was already unconscious. The very next thing I remembered was waking up in the hospital with tubes sticking out for me. Apparently, I'd been in a coma for quite a long period of time, two years to be exact and I had to be placed on life support for the entire time, seeing as I couldn't breathe on my own properly when they brought me in. 
The doctor tried to find out whether or not I could remember what happened to me, and before I tried to explain what I remembered, I found out from the doctor that the woman, who was apparently now my stepmom, as she had married my dad already as at the time I woke up, was the one who brought me in as it was an emergency or so she said. So I briefly explained the whole situation to the doctor, and he called for my father immediately. When I saw my father, tears dropped from his eyes as he came to hug me immediately. I could tell he missed me. I tried to leave all the pleasantries aside as I tried to explain to my father what was really going on. And then, when he found out everything from my own end, he got really mad, and without even giving it a thought, he immediately called his lawyers and his contacts in the law enforcement and asked for the immediate arrest of his current wife, my stepmom. Before she was detained, she tried as much as possible to resist, as she was strongly denying everything I was saying, as her objection was that I had no solid evidence against her. That was when I remembered that I had full video recording of her that very day that could corroborate my story. I asked my dad to get my phone, as everything he needed was in there. He reassured me everything would be fine and that I should try to recover fully. I was basically in the hospital for the entirety of the trial, but I can tell you for sure that she was charged mostly with attempted murder, and she was given the full punishment without option for early release or future bail. I was happy with this judgment because I felt fulfilled with the evidence I provided that helped to put that woman away. What I got out of all of this was that right as my father was about to include her into the family will, potentially make her inherit a part of the family's fortune, was the time I woke up from my coma. It finally felt like, for once in my life, God was watching over my family. You know, going along in this story, I was thinking about how they must have spun OP out as just like an act of revenge, but I didn't think about the long con game that they would probably have here where... If they can get rid of OP, they're only 35 when the husband's in their late 60s. They were trying to set themselves up to get that inheritance, right? That said, our next story is, Revenge is a dish best served cold. Mine's been cooling for 10 years and counting. I, 40-year-old female, have been married to my husband, 44-year-old male, for 20 years now. We have two kids, 16-year-old female and 13-year-old male. My husband is what I would consider a high earner by middle class standards. Also, strap in folks, this is going to be long. I've never told anyone, so? 10 years ago, and by complete coincidence, I found out that my husband's been cheating on me with men and that from before we got married. We live in a smallish town in the south of the USA. Him coming out as gay will have consequences. I believe that's the only reason he's not come out to anyone. First, here's how I found out he was cheating on me. He got sloppy left a credit card bill for a secret card in the pocket of a coat. While going through it, I found all the telltale signs of infidelity. Payments to a hotel in a nearby county, restaurant bills, gifts, flowers, condoms, and lubricant, etc. I started camping outside the hotel on days he told me he would be late, and I saw him bringing different men there. I am very good at compartmentalization, and have a great poker face. Comes with growing in an abusive household so I was able to give myself the time to cool off and to come up with what I should do. First thing I did was getting an STD panel since I didn't know how safe he was with his partners. It came out negative. Then I convinced him that we should use condoms since I was having side effects from the pill. He was okay with it. I had a long think and I came up to the decision that I was not going to confront him nor was I going to leave him. He was able to provide me a really good lifestyle one that I would never be able to afford with my high school diploma. 
a cleaning lady, a nanny to help with the kids, regular spa days and a country club, a new car every other year, luxury family vacations every year. He was a good dad, a good partner, the cheating aside, and really good in bed. But I was not going to let him have a single guilt-free week in his life. That would be my revenge. I started small, planning great date nights for us, telling him that I felt our relationship is cooled, that I wanted the spark back. Then I would sometimes slip into conversation some tea about a cheating husband, a gasp gay man that had been using his poor wife as a beard, complimenting the only gay couple we know for having the courage of being real men who were out and proud of themselves. On the other hand, I would praise him as the perfect husband to anyone and everyone, especially if he was in earshot. The amount of guilt gifts I got was astounding. The man was even sending me flowers weekly. It continued the same way for years. I could literally see how much it was weighing on him. Me? Well, my parents were part of a commune with the concept of free love. I was the same. I just considered myself in an open marriage. It seems that cheating is easier to ignore if you're not that big on monogamy in the first place. And my husband was keeping me satisfied, so I felt no need to find a partner of my own. Then, four years ago, I guess he met the love of his life. He started seeing just the one guy. I was seriously thinking of ending the whole thing, especially since I've started a business by then and was able to bring in enough money to support myself and my kids while maintaining my lifestyle. But then he went and introduced his side piece to us. He freaking brought him to our house, introduced him to our kids, and that was enough for me to keep tormenting him. Apparently, he was a new friend he made while golfing. He started hinting at moving to another state, one where it would be easier for him to come out. I refused. I told him that my business was here, and I was not going to start over in another state. Also, the kids had their friends and extended family here. It would be unfair to uproot them. Then he started trying to start arguments. I guess he wanted us to fight, then for me to ask for a divorce. I just stopped all those arguments in their tracks. I would just agree with whatever he said. He was right. I was wrong. And uh, make it up to him. How about a nice dinner and some great sex? He hated that. I knew from spying on his phone that having sex with me felt like cheating on his boyfriend, the audacity of this man. I also knew that his boyfriend was pressuring him to leave me almost every day. He was stuck between a rock and a hard place. He started drinking, and when it got too heavy, that was when I decided that enough was enough. I wanted to ruin his life, not his health. Also, I grew up with an alcoholic father and did not want that for my kids. So I gathered all the evidence of his infidelity over the last nine years. Photos with different men, conversations, his grinder profile, even though he no longer had one. Everything. Then I hired a divorce attorney and mailed the evidence to his employer. He has a morality clause in his contract and adultery breaks it. All his relatives, including parents, as well as our church. His, actually. I was never big on religion like him. It was like a bomb exploded. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. 
he was fired. The congregation turned on him for cheating, not for being gay, let's keep that straight. I would never allow my kids to be part of a church that discriminated against their father, even if he was not out. His parents wouldn't take him in after I kicked him out, and he was shamed publicly. Gotta love that small town gossip mill. And the cherry on top? His boyfriend was run out of town, and he couldn't follow him because he wanted to fight for custody of our kids. Now almost a year later, I'm a free woman. I got to keep the house, my car, and my business. He got 75% of the retirement and investment accounts, but he won't be paying alimony. I got full custody. He got visitations. I also got child support. He had to move six hours away to find a new job. Couldn't put the last job he worked at his whole life as a reference. His relationship with his family is rocky. His reputation in town is ruined, so he can't move back anytime soon. The love of his life left him for good. And my kids only tolerate him because I did my best to shield them and to tell them that he's still a good father to them. I also made sure to treat him politely, never talked bad about him, and had a lengthy talk about how their father being gay is okay. It's who he is and that it was not his fault. That the only thing wrong that he did was hiding it from me. So I guess the results of his cheating was years of guilt followed by a ruined life. If I found myself in the same situation OP was in, I don't know if I would be able to be happy enough, even if the lifestyle is great, to just be going along with this for years. I would maybe like try to find a way to secure some of the assets or something. I mean, I guess that's what OP did with their business, right? And then just leave as soon as possible. But I'm also not big on the whole idea of an open marriage. So pretty clearly me and OP would differ pretty significantly just right there alone. Our next story is, I set my ex-boss up and made everyone believe that we were having an affair. His wife sent him out of their house. He's been sleeping at the office and drinking heavily. My face beamed as my boss's assistant said those words to me a few weeks after I quit my job. My boss deserved all the evil that I dished out to him, and if given the chance, I'd do even more. I'm still proud of myself for being able to pull that off, but that wasn't just me. That was the universe helping me deliver karma or justice to my evil boss. I no longer work for him, so that makes him my ex-boyfriend, but I'll refer to him as my boss in my story, okay? You see, I wasn't getting revenge on my boss for something my boss did to me directly. Nope. I was getting revenge for what my boss did to my boyfriend when he worked at the network. My ex-boyfriend was a super ambitious dude. He just wanted to have his own thing going on for him. He wanted to shine, and he moved to the city with big dreams. Actually, we moved to the city with big dreams. He was going to be a huge deal on TV, an excellent TV presenter, and I was going to work behind the scenes and maybe produce him someday. We were going to be the power couple that had a formidable bond. I looked forward to our future together. We looked forward to our future together. So when we moved into our teeny tiny apartment in the corner of the city just right after graduating from college and being offered job positions in the same network, we were excited. We decided to keep our relationship out of the workspace. We were just getting started and we hated to think of any distractions getting in our way, especially a distraction that was us. Nobody at work knew that my boyfriend and I were a thing or that we in fact lived together. We weren't even friendly at work and hardly spoke to each other. The few times I spoke to him at work, it was because my boss, I was her personal assistant, needed something from him or his boss. That worked just fine for us and we kept that up for the whole year that we worked together. My boyfriend's prominence at work grew rapidly. He was young and smart and he had everything one needed to be a big TV star. 
He was perfect for every job and different people across different beats soon started trying to see if they could get him on their show. When a co-host was absent, they wanted him to fill in and he was soon the hot new stuff on the network. It also helped that my boyfriend was very handsome and he turned heads wherever he went. The network people knew he would do well and make money for the station. But there was someone else who just believed my boyfriend to be an arrogant newbie. The boss I got revenge on. That man was so envious of my boyfriend and irrationally so. My boyfriend was a lot younger, new on the job, and wasn't as popular outside the network. He also didn't have a lot of experience and while he was climbing up quite fast, the higher ups were still skeptical about him. His boss for some reason worried that my boyfriend would become a big deal and take his job from him and this wasn't something he thought to himself. This man actually told my boyfriend on three occasions to back off. Back off in this context was him asking my boyfriend to stop being so eager to please and to not put himself out there so he could be noticed on the network. The first time he told my boyfriend that was after they recorded the first episode of a show that they'd done together. It was a show for men who wanted to work in the media and the producer wanted men from different age brackets to be on it. My boyfriend was invited to be one of the presenters on the show because he was young and could very well represent his age bracket. He also had a little experience from interning at another big television network. They did not hire him at the end of the internship program due to office politics. So you all get why this hurt us too much. Anyway, during the show, the audience was in awe of my boyfriend and clapped every time he spoke, roaring in excitement and clapping for him. Please bear in mind that the reason the audience connected so much with my boyfriend was because he was relatable to most of the audience, which consisted of young men in his age bracket. It wasn't even that my boyfriend was that popular, how much more close to being as popular as my boss. My boss called them after they'd recorded that episode and asked how he felt. My boyfriend was quite confused, so he nodded and said he felt great. You won't feel that way ever again if you keep interrupting me like that. My boyfriend was horrified. My boss was someone who was held in great esteem by many people on the network, and someone who was just coming up, and someone who was just coming up, he did not want to offend him. We watched the tape together twice, because my boyfriend insisted that we watch it the second time, and not once did my boyfriend interrupt him or cut in while my boss was talking. It was all in his head. He's clearly just intimidated by you. We have to ignore him. He replied, I can't just ignore him. He really believes that I interrupted him. I need someone else to watch the video and decide if I did that. I stopped my boyfriend just as he was about to leave. Do you really believe that anyone would want to listen to you? Just let it go. The second time he went up to my boyfriend, he asked him why he was on that same show for the third episode. He was not on the second. He replied, the audience wanted me to come on the show again. Some sent emails asking for me. My boss smirked and warned him not to think he was getting anywhere with that minor success. On the third occasion of my boss warning my boyfriend, he walked into the dressing room of a newscaster who was a big deal. My boyfriend was in the room with the man, having a conversation with him. According to him, the man had noticed him and invited him in to have a chat. My boss stayed in the room for a while, and the newscaster involved him in the conversation he was having with my boyfriend. When those who were to get him prepped came in, my boss and boyfriend left. I see you're trying to kiss everyone's butt around here, he said to my boyfriend. My boyfriend tried to ask what he was talking about, but he smirked and swore that my boyfriend would never get his job. Then he walked away. What a jerk, I exclaimed when my boyfriend told me. He replied, yeah, he's a silly, insecure man. 
He said, I'm afraid you aren't taking this so seriously. I was shocked that my boyfriend said that, but my shock soon dissolved into guilt. He was right. I didn't think it was so serious until my boyfriend started to talk about the different ways by which my boss had tried to sabotage him at work. I advised my boyfriend to lay low. He, of course, has to keep climbing up so he can make his life easier and career better, but he must suck up to the evil boss. My boyfriend was discouraged, but I tried to help him keep going. I was in the middle of this when he got into trouble at work. This happened when he was offered a job by a competing network, or at least they pretended to offer him a job. The network in question was known for its desperation to get the dirt on everyone. They were also known for being the ones to break the most scandalous news that was often true. My boyfriend was so desperate to leave the network that he accepted a job interview with them, and because he was busy all through the week in the network where we worked, he and his interviewer scheduled the first interview for a weekend. I said, I don't like them. I don't like what they're about. He said, why not? They can be helpful with the dirt they uncover. I replied, I know that, but you're on your way to greatness. If you work for them, you're immediately flagged as the person who works for a gossip TV network. He said, wow, I'm surprised that you're saying this. They don't just gossip or expose people, who, by the way, should be getting exposed anyway. There's so much other stuff that they do. Heck, they even do a lot of weather forecasts over there. And they have a much higher and loyal viewership. I just don't feel good about it, I told my boyfriend. He replied, well, I don't feel good about being bullied by a senior at work too. I'm sick of it. My boyfriend went for that interview and came back looking horrified. Please tell me nothing bad happened, I said to him when I saw the horror on his face. He said, I was scammed. I replied, what? He said, I was tricked. They weren't just trying to steal a staff. They were trying to get dirt on someone at the network. I said, oh my goodness, who? He said, I don't know. But I figured out from the questions that something weird was going on, and I called them out on it. I said, you didn't tell them anything, did you? He replied, I don't even know if there's something to tell. His face softened. Listen, I'm sorry. I know you warned me. I rubbed his arm and said, it's fine. You were desperate. This could have happened to anyone. My boyfriend and I decided to put the event of that weekend past us and keep working in the network. At the end of the next week, a story broke out about someone in our network. A top executive, and of course, the gossip network broke it. The network ran helter-skelter to debunk the news and called different staff meetings to make sure everyone had their story straight. All the meetings ended with those who took information out of the network getting assured that they'd be caught. If there is one thing we know about those people, it is that they do not have that much integrity to keep anyone anonymous for too long, my boss said to us at a sub-departmental meeting. My boyfriend was horrified that someone would find out that he had an interview with the Gossip Network. I said, so what if they even do? You did nothing wrong. He just wanted a job. He says, I don't even think that will look good right now. I felt horrible about what was happening. I was doing just okay at work. Things were looking up for me at the network, and my boyfriend had it really bad. It was unfair. We were just about to put it behind us when my boyfriend was summoned by his evil presenter boss who went on to be my boss. I know what you did, his boss said to him. My boyfriend confidently told him that he did nothing. Well, we'll see what Human Resources has to say about that. He said, how did you know? He replied, I asked them to talk to you. He set me up, my boyfriend said to me amidst his sobs. He said they came to him and he advised them to seek the smaller fries if they wanted to poach his staff. Now he's going to tell everyone that I went for the interview and divulged secrets. 
That was exactly what he did, but before asking my boyfriend politely, he actually told him he was asking nicely to accept a job with the other network and quit. My boyfriend refused. He hoped that human resources would understand, but they did not. He was fired. That was the darkest day for us. My boyfriend wore an expression that I could not even explain. He was hurt and wouldn't speak to me. I'm just going to leave, he finally said when he spoke to me. I said, leave? He said, yeah, I'm leaving this city. Clearly, there is nothing here for me. I've seen dirty politics get played too many times. I tried very hard to convince my boyfriend, but he left. He left, and that ended our relationship, even though we never really talked about the end of our relationship. We just knew in our hearts that he was done. If my boyfriend hadn't left, I'm certain that we'd have been the power couple we wanted. But what happened completely demoralized me. I was angry about it for months, and I decided to do something about my anger. I was going to get revenge. When my boss was retiring from work, I asked if she could recommend me to him so I could work as one of his assistants. She did just that, and I started to work for him. I was the best assistant ever and lived up to the reputation that my former boss had set for me. Whenever I was around him, I pretended to be innocent and sweet. I was just about work. I didn't want him to suspect that I was up to anything, of course. I found out about his marriage. He was married to a woman who used to be a local TV presenter herself, but stepped back to raise their sons. He dealt with a family crisis nearly two years before I started working for him and was still trying to fix things up with his family. His wife caught him cheating, and after several pleas, she agreed to forgive him. He was doing everything to ensure that he won her trust back. We all saw that in the way he raced home after every workday, and how he called her to let her know that he would be back late whenever there was too much work to do. I searched for his wife's social media page and found it. She had an older friend who she was very close to. That friend had a daughter who was my age. I checked the daughter out and found out that she took yoga classes in a study not far from where I lived. I then decided that I'd join in every evening. I engineered a conversation and we became yoga buddies. One day, I went to class looking sad. When she asked what had happened, I told her that I found out that my boss was using me. He told me he was going to leave his wife for me. It's been months, I said to her. Men who say that never mean it. I said, but he said their marriage was already over. I'm just sick of hiding and sneaking around. I then went on to mention his name, which caught her attention. I told her where I worked in the past, but she probably thought it was a big network and I didn't know him. He is your boss? I said, yes. We've been sleeping together for months now. I refuse to keep calling it a relationship. She gently nodded and walked away. I smiled. My boss had a personal assistant at work. He was the one who told me about my boss's marriage being on the verge of collapse that year. I confided that my boss and I were sleeping together. He was shocked, but he pretended to want to hear all the tea on that. Knowing that dude, he was going to tell everyone of the network about it. And everyone was going to tell everyone. One day, when I was alone in my boss's office, I slipped and almost finished the red lipstick on my boss's jacket. The next day, my boss placed it on his palm and asked if I was the owner of the lipstick. I said, no, I don't wear lipstick. He nodded quickly, probably feeling stupid. I never wore makeup to the office. He said, sorry, it's just that my wife saw it and he stopped talking. I smiled politely and exited his office. The final nail in the coffin was at a work party. The higher-ups were allowed to come with their spouses, so he came with his wife. 
I sat at the bar and waited for when his wife would go to the restroom. When she eventually went, I went in and pretended to be reapplying the same color of lipstick I had slipped in her husband's jacket. It was the exact lipstick, just a new one. That's a nice lipstick, she observed when she came out. Thank you, I said smiling. It's really expensive and rare. My favorite. I had this one that I lost the last time I went out with my boyfriend. I almost went nuts about it. I chuckled a bit. I watched her face go from expressionless to horrified in the mirror. She then mentioned my boss's name and asked if that was my boyfriend. I pretended to be startled. Who are you? I asked. Are you his wife? She replied, are you having an affair with my husband? I stepped back, squared my shoulders and walked out of the restroom. I knew my plan had worked perfectly when I saw her storm out of the venue later, her husband chasing after her. I stepped out to watch the whole thing. She had called a taxi and left. Her husband turned to me and saw me in my crimson red lipstick. You said you didn't wear lipstick. I smiled. I don't know what you're talking about, I said plainly, and smiled again so he knew I knew just what he was talking about. Then I walked away. As I expected, his wife left him. There was just nothing he could say to make her stay. He begged me to write to her, to tell her that we weren't having an affair, but I insisted that I had no idea what he was talking about and threatened to report him if he kept harassing me. He stayed away from me until I quit my job at the network. I was going to say it's kind of cool the way OP kind of set up plausible deniability, but at the same time the first half of this setup was OP going around and just saying, oh yeah, I'm sleeping with my boss, to other people who could corroborate the story. The lipstick stuff was cool though because there was some plausible deniability. They at least never outright said to the wife that they were the ones in fact sleeping with the boss, supposedly. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.